How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the OT Club. We got a whole lineup planned out for everyone today. Um, happy Independence Day. Happy early, late, whenever this gets posted. I'm not sure. But one thing that is certain is that the NBA has been taken by storm. The King has made his move. He is on the move. Joined the LA Lakers. LA Braun. LeBronzo. Has landed. LA Braun has landed. Uh, the Western uh, Conference now seems like it's untouched. I mean, good thing they started that uh, the the captains at the uh, All Star Weekend. Otherwise, if it was East versus West, we all know who's winning already. You know, you gotta you gotta ask yourself though. Like, I- Yeah, but I mean, no team could really like even fend against the Ca- uh not the Cavaliers anymore. They no team could fend against the Celtics really when it comes down to it. If Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are both there healthy, like who's gonna stop them? The Nets, like the Bucks. Ooh, they got uh. They, they got really. The Greek uh, Greek. Yeah, That's we, it. We, we we saw how that one went, and that was without the two uh, perennial All Stars. So. Uh, and what is it going to be? The 76ers? They're too young and immature to even do anything right now. That's why. The, the, the West is in charge of basketball. I just think the issue with the Sixers, though, is like they have all this talent, but they don't really have somebody to just take everybody by storm. They're kind of going through an identity crisis in a way. I know you got your Simmons and your MB, but there's no really leader on that team. Honestly, um, I, I think could- that... I would think a smart move for them would be to get Vince Carter just because he knows what they all went through. And even though like he's, he's not going to contribute much, hear me out, he's not going to contribute much, but that veteran leadership is going to like give them a lot because he was on the Raptors back with him and T-Mac, and that was, they were both young, you know, they were going to be all-stars, everybody was just worrying about them. And then he ended up, you know, shape. They ended up shaping it out. So like he's been through that experience, and like he can maybe guide them and help them actually get past, you know, the second, third into the finals. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why they ultimately did decide to bring JJ Redick back. Um, I, and I think he knows that too. He took a ten million dollar pay cut. He was making twenty two million dollars, which everyone and their mother thought was ridiculous. Um, and he ended up playing decent. I mean, he played just about what that type of player would be expected to do. Um, and then they're bringing him back for another year, $12 million prove-it deal. And I, I think that's just what they need. Uh, he's a guy that's done it before. And not even looking at a leadership and locker room standpoint, I think that that move makes a huge difference. Uh, they, they have no really court spacing in that starting five. Markel Fultz can't shoot. He barely had a shoulder for. I had. Their their uh, best shooter is Redick. That's. Is Redick right now, and I think he adds that to that lineup, and it's perfect. But again, I just that it's a very young team with a lot of promise. But as far as taking the East by storm, I think they're far from it. Definitely. Like, I think honestly, the Bucks are more of a polished team than the Sixers at this point. Even Miami, I would take. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they sort of turned Hassan Whiteside into like a head case now, and like he's, oh yeah, he's they they messed him up. He definitely could have been a great player. Uh, Which they got like Dion Waiters. He's where you deciding to go with that? Yeah, with Hassan because I'm looking at this Lakers lineup right now after LeBron, and you read in headlines and stuff, and even looking at this lineup. Um, First thing that jumps out to you is this, this is a small ball team. I mean, I'm just looking here, looking at the roster, factoring in, oh, free agents, who's walked, who's resigned, um, and just kind of drawing up lineups in myself. 
Um, and I looked, I had Lonzo, you got Lonzo, was probably going to be at the one, unless Rondo comes in and beats him out, but I don't think... I, they're not, Magic's not going sense. with Rondo, Magic is not going with Rondo over Lonzo. He's just not, yeah, he, absolutely he not. has too much yeah, faith I, in what Lonzo could become, and honestly, even though Lonzo poorly, poorly shot in the past season... He could still he still balled out otherwise. Besides the fact that he couldn't shoot, the rest of his game was great. Well, the way I, the way I look at it is this: is that, and I've been saying this all throughout the season. And you know, as a Celtics fan, I've watched quite a bit of Rondo. Um, but you don't even need to be a diehard Celtics fan to know that Rondo is just not good at scoring. And look at last season. Neither is Lonzo Ball. But what do these two players have in common is that they are both wicked passers. But honestly, with Lonzo's court vision, and he's got a pretty decent IQ for a kid that's you know only been in the league for a year and only played one year of college basketball. If, if it came down to passing and who I wanted running the offense and dishing it out, I would rather go with Lonzo than Rondo. No, yeah, definitely. Like, Lon- uh, Rondo this year on the Pelicans, I saw him live... When he played the Nets, he had a triple double. But he's he can't score great. But he's also just like Lonzo. But Lonzo could get to the hoop. Lonzo could finish. Like if he's attacking the rim, I Lonzo has a nasty dribble. He he could do it all. That's that's just why I see him being the starter over Rondo, especially because he's younger, fresher legs. And LeBron wanted to play with him. You could tell Lon. He was always keeping an eye out for him, what he was doing in the Summer League last year. He came and watched him at Summer League, which is sort of like, odd. why would he do that? Unless, you know, he was eventually going there. And last year they had that big conversation after they played each other. And uh, everybody was saying, like, what is they? It's going to be future teammates. And now they are future teammates. Yeah, and I also think it's kind of ironic how a lot of people thought that LeBron's, you know, he's transitioning into the part of his career where he just doesn't want to carry a team anymore. He doesn't want to be the number one guy. But the way it's looking on the Lakers, and they're running out of superstar options with Cousins going to Golden State, uh, Paul George going back to OKC, the Kawhi Leonard rumors appears that they... Spurs are asking for um, Everything. quite a package in return for him. Yeah. Um, that now LeBron pretty much is the guy in LA and I think he working with Lonzo will be good for him if that's what he wants and he wants to just add more to his statistics at this point in his career because like I said you don't have the threat of Lonzo shooting the ball KCP even though he is more of an offensive player than some of these people on this team is just not that great it, uh, uh, KCP and Kyle Kuzma as are on offense, and as much as they are better on offense than Lonzo, it, it's still not as a fight. And I just think that offense is going to run through LeBron, and it's pretty much going to be set up by Lonzo just dishing it to him. Yeah, probably. I mean, they definitely can't take down that Warriors starting five. I mean, I don't think anybody really can. I mean, how can you stop that? Even with Kawhi, but then they lose half the team. So if they were to do that Kawhi deal, they would have to lose Ingram, Hart, Kuz. Two first rounders, two potential first round picks, like that's ridiculous. Why would anybody do that for what one title? I do. I do think Kuzma's on his way out though. At this point, unless they make the quad deal, he's not leaving. Because I'm looking at this this Laker team. Belo is gone. Julius Randle is gone. They don't really have any other big guys that can play. And I'm looking at like just drawing up the starting five right now. And the only way that I can come up with five, you, you can't, the traditional starting five where you have a one and a two, a three, a four, a five, it's just, it does not exist anymore. And we're not going to see that. And this Laker team is going to be a perfect example of that. The only way that I was able to come up with and fill all, all five spots is positionless basketball. You know, Lonzo at the one, maybe KCP at the two, Kuzma or Ingram at the three, or you could put one of the... Uh, Ingram at the two, or in KCP and flip them around, and then I guess you know you'd have LeBron play the five. You know he's expendable like that, and he's very versatile. But as great as LeBron is, I think you know he was going to have a very difficult time going up against the Cousins, regardless of the injury, and even going up against the Draymond Green thing. You know, going up against that a couple times a year, I think take a toll on you. Hear me out on this starting five for the Lakers. 
So we're saying Julius Randle signs elsewhere. We're going Lonzo. Uh, I believe he signed a deal with the Pelicans, but don't quote me on that. He did? I, I haven't heard I, anything. I'm, I'm almost positive. I mean, yeah. Okay, so he's gone. So it's Lonzo. This is my Lonzo 1, Kuz 2, Big 2, 3, Ingram, 4, Hart, 5, LeBron. What do you think about that five? I like it. It would have to be short. The reason why I like it is because I don't think we're going to be able to fit. The Lakers, and, you know, I'm looking at this, and I've said it all. You know, the Lakers, they're really not that deep of a team. But if if we're actually sitting here and looking at it, they actually do do have a pretty decent bench. Well, especially now after all these signings, too. Lance. Well, ooh, that's who I forgot. And the kids they drafted. I would probably sit hard play Lance Ingram if Andre Ingram the you know 30 year old rookie if he can come out and make some noise obviously I'm not saying he's going to come in and take the league by storm and be, make his way into that starting five but I'm just looking to add some depth to this team I don't know they they, they could make some noise on the bench but they, they are a very small basketball team wait so let's look at this player by player against the Warriors because that's what it's going to come down to. So one. Okay. One, I mean, let's one, be a, Warriors win that five nothing already. But okay, let's let's dive in. They can't win it five nothing. So Lonzo versus Steph. Steph's better. Steph's best point guard in the league, in my opinion. So. Yeah, there's really no debate on that. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people argue over that. So Steph. Wins. I mean, I guess I guess it's the type of system, but LeBron's not really a system guy because he's just just LeBron. It's the LeBron system. Um, I feel like Lonzo, if you put him in a good system where he's just feeding people, that it could work. So then the two, Hart versus Clay. Clay obviously wins. Three, yep. Kuz, Kuz, uh, no, Ingram versus KD. I mean, it's a, it depends how you want to play him. I mean, Ingram and Kuz and KD and Draymond could pretty much play both positions especially because of their height but Draymond's more of a four because of the physicality that he brings so Ingram and I say Kuz, I honestly I would give Kuz or Ingram the upper leg over Draymond but neither one of them could stand anywhere near KD so that's that and then yeah, I, I, can, give, I, I give them I can rock with that so I give them one possibly two out of five because yeah. LeBron would run boogie into the ground. Everybody's Twitter blowing up over this cousin move. Well, I mean, obviously, that's. I, I don't, I kind of, I don't understand everyone bugging out though. Like everyone, I, I understand the Warriors have been a dynasty for so long, and that it looks like it's never going to end. But it's gonna come soon. The end is coming. It's only, for. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, only, it's a one-year one deal, one... and this is what I have to say about it. I mean, if he got paid only five million, it's either one or two things. Supposedly, he had no deals elsewhere, or two. No, absolutely. It's that he just wanted to get a ring. Get that one-year deal. He has a ring. Nobody could talk to him anymore. You know, like nobody could say anything about his career that he doesn't have a ring. Like people could trash Melo. Oh, Melo don't got a ring. Melo don't this that. Melo's still a great player. He's still one of the best players. Like he's top fifty all time. I would say. The way I look at this is like you were telling me before we came on here. It is a one-year plan. Look at the Kevin. Durant signing, that's another one-year deal. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is coming in on a one-year deal. It's a one-year rental. Uh, because the Warriors, I know... Change the culture completely. Uh, 
over these past few years. But this this core is not going to last. Look at next year. You've got Cousins going. KD is eventually going to make his way to Washington. He wants to go home. Then he can just focus on his game. Or honestly, who even knows at that point? Because he's already talking about retirement. And DeMar's Cousins is not going to get the big deal that he wants. And definitely not from Golden State. I mean, honestly, if he proves himself and they do win the title this year... You'll see some teams throw a lot of money at him, obviously bringing in a championship-winning center. But he's not going to get his money from Golden State because the Golden State, even if they're going into the luxury tax, they can't afford to keep all five of these guys forever. No, definitely not, especially because Steph already hit his payday. Steph's, Steph's going to end his career. And Clay's well. going to be coming up too, although you know everyone thinks he's up next year. Go. I don't think so. I, I honestly I think you'll see KD and Boogie gone before they separate Curry and Clay. Clay's up next season. So, next season, Clay's up, KD's up, and Boogie. And Cousins. So, so yeah. this could be the last time we see the Warriors win. But so, the Warriors are it spending, might, spending They might the end it with the Cousins. ultimate bang. They might end it 82-0. and 0. That, and, and I agree with you. Uh, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we can dive into that uh, at another time, I think, when we get closer to the season after... We ultimately what the Lakers do and what the Warriors competition will be. But like you said, and I agree with you 150%, the Warriors are buying that one last ring. They are buying KD, they're buying Cousins, they have no holes on the turn. Okay, go. You know, they're buying KD, they're buying Cousins, and they don't have any holes on that starting five now. And they have probably the best bench in the NBA, so I, I would have them coming in as heavy favorites, but don't get used to it. Don't get used to Cousins in the gold and blue over on the West Coast. So, oh yeah, you were right. Uh, Julius Randle did sign a deal yesterday. Now, I was just looking at that now while you were talking, but he uh, signed a two-year, $18 million deal with the Pelicans. It was a pretty solid deal for Julius Randle. I mean, I was sort of hoping that... What goes back to what I'm saying. That what? Yeah, that's a good pickup for them. Because you could just... You could I, just that's a good pickup for them. You can just slide AD over to where he was, and then you have Randle take an AD slot. I was sort of hoping that he would have ended up on the Nets, just because I'm a Nets fan. But cause if he would have yeah. ended up there, I definitely think we could have made the playoffs. In that weekend Eastern Conference, I definitely think we could. 7-8 spot. I would take the Nets over the Magic at this point. So look, this would have been the starting five if he would have ended up there. It would have been D'Lo, Jeremy Lin. I honestly don't even know who would be playing. Three, four, you could play Randall, and then five, you could play Jared Allen. You could put Dinwiddie at three. That would be a sick one, two, three. That's what I was gonna say. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie could play like a stretch three. Everybody. I mean, um, that that. The I'm Nets gonna, are just that one move away. They need they need some firepower. That I think they almost have. They're had not a, one move away from a championship. No, but everyone the, gets what I'm saying. Yeah, they they I think they had a better rebuild process than the 76ers. <laughs> and the, look at the Knicks. The Knicks are atrocious. That was, you they, want to look up bad teams in the East? The Nets, the Knicks, and the Magic? I got the Nets or, or, the Nets or the Magic flip-flop. But you know what? Let's just say, I know I just said I would take the Nets over the Magic, but let's just say for the sake of argument, let's go Magic 1. The, the Nets are definitely ahead of the Knicks. No, oh, yeah. Even point. with Porzingis. I'd... Mario Hezonia, that's their move. That's the big New York blockbuster move to try to bring fans into the seats this year. Come on. It's just pathetic what the next front office has Come been on. doing. But it's like, the only reason they did that move is because they wanted to bring back Michael Beasley, but he's almost 30-something years old, and they want to go with the young gun, thinking that they can craft him into something. Speaking of young guns, let's uh, move it over to baseball right now. And uh, as we were talking before the show started, that there's an interesting development going on. That we've both been saying the MLB All-Star Ballot shouldn't be only up to the fans. Because no. guys like 
Gary Sanchez this season. He's what is he even batting? He's batting like he's batting one ninety right now. He's batting he's one. Not even batting two hundred. And he's gonna go like, in as if he's not hurt. He could probably that be, is ridiculous. That is. That he's is gonna be the backup and, at the All Star game. Bryce Harper yeah, is gonna start. Bryce Harper's going to start at 270. He's batting atrocious this season. Yeah, how, how does he expect to earn that contract? How, did, how does he want a team to give him a contract that's that disgusting. big? He wants to be the first quarter of a billion dollar guy? You can't you can't ask for that if you're, if you're not even putting out. Like, come on. A-Rod, uh, Pujols, they were all tearing up the league. I mean, A-Rod, you can say what you want about steroids. A-Rod's still a great hitter. It's, they were both tearing up the league. That's Yeah, pool holes and A-Rod, at least they waited until they dotted their I's and crossed their T's before they started, you know. Mark Teixeira, if it wasn't for, in, Mark Teixeira, if it wasn't for injuries, I mean, he would have, he earned his contract, definitely. So that's why, like, yeah. this shouldn't be up to just fans, because guys like, Gary Sanchez this season and other players too, not just only him. I mean, it's just saying it. And we're both Yankee fans, but it, you just can't have a guy like that in, no, in the game. Gary, Gary Sanchez and All Star should not even be in the same sentence, guys. Please, please stop it. Stop it. Yankee Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, MySpace, you know. Stop it, please. And Gary Sanchez is not an all-star. Not only is he an all-star because of the disgusting season that he's having, and I don't think I'm being harsh. Uh, I think it's extremely disappointing what that guy is doing. Not even with the bat in his hands. It's just behind the plate, too. Yeah, they got to find another hole for him. I mean, honestly, I could. they could put him at first base if they really taught him how over this next yeah. offseason. Just because he can't be behind the plate. And the Yankees have... A backup catcher in Austin Romine that showed this season that he he could play. He he was balling out before it, uh, yeah, whatever absolutely happened. Absolutely, can play. He could. He was showing he could play. He could definitely start on pretty much. I would give it in twenty five other teams in the league. He could be a starting catcher for them. He has a bat. He has. He could field great. I mean, so that's why I'm saying like the Yankees' depth is actually a little bit insane this season. Just cause there's always somebody else on that roster that has like that extra bat that's like going for them. Except for in pitching, they they don't have that much depth. If you listen to episode two, in which you talked about it, that they need to expand on that. But yeah, it's just look at the the infield. If save Torre uh, Torres were to go down, they have Torres waiting. They have Neil Walker waiting. My man. I mean, the best player in the major leagues. They have him in AAA right now, Ronald Torres. I don't know what they're thinking about that one, but... <laughs> retired the jersey. Yeah, they should just retired number 74 now. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think about what they got going for them, but... And like I said in the, le- in the last episode, is that I said, you know, pitching is our biggest need. Because in a championship run, I think we have enough to play with at first base even if we don't have a definitive first baseman going into the playoffs i think we have enough guys that can build that hole that if we plugged our other hole in the starting rotation that not having a definitive first baseman wouldn't be an issue no yeah definitely but maybe like in the offseason they could if somebody's up there i mean the yankees definitely have they have enough room to sign for him i mean because if they're we're so worried about getting machado why not just do it to get a first baseman, like it's not Andujar. Show- exactly, and that's what I said in the other podcast. Andujar showing that you know he he could play. He's a starter in this league. He could be an all star in this league. Like give that man his chance. Well, now, now you can't trade him. The Yankees traded Andujar now. Yeah, good luck. Good luck trying to sell that one to the fans. I mean, you can't you can't trade him now. That's why I said in the last the last part. Because I'm like, I probably would have taken that risk last year knowing that I have the money to come out and sign Machado. Yeah, definitely. Let's Now I wouldn't touch that deal with a 10-foot pole. And like we were talking about with pitching, you have Severino as the starter for the AL going into this, into the All-Star game. You have him as the starter for the AL. Absolutely, absolutely. Over Verlander? And 
I don't believe that I'm being biased because okay, Verlander's maybe got the the stats, uh, you know, uh, to drive down that ERA. But I honestly, in all of the games that I followed this year with the Yankees, I think Severino's had maybe one bad start, and it was that Red Sox one. Yeah, definitely the Red Sox one. I would probably, I would get, I would say the Met win too, but. Besides, yeah, besides that, he's been. Other than that, he's been he's as close to perfect as you come. Yeah, he's been really, and really I outstanding. Verlander's good too, but I, just, I mean, I give Verlander. Give it to the young guy. We've seen Verlander before. Just a little, we will. I mean, usher in everybody wants to see Verlander's wife. Well, Verlander's got a hot yeah, wife. Yeah, but that, that's that's a that's a debate for another day, my friend. Let me know <laughs> if you guys wanna. I mean, you guys could let us know about that, that one. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let you guys decide that. But, um, back to baseball. <laughs> oh. Okay, so the voting but, system, like we were like yeah, starting this whole, this whole all-star process, how would you regulate that? I would say, you know, maybe they could do it like the NBA, where, like, you pick out the two captains, or instead of picking out two captains, you have a pitching captain, a... Uh, you have like a pitching captain, then you have a pit, uh, captain in the infield, and then you have a, a captain in the outfield, and those three guys, the three Honestly, highest vote scores for like the infield, one for pitcher and one for the outfield. Those guys pick the rest of the roster, and then it's AL versus NL still, and because now that it doesn't matter for anything anymore, it doesn't matter for home field advantage. Might as well have some fun with it. Honestly, I'd be okay if it was like the way it used to be where the managers just pick the pitching steps. I don't, that doesn't bother me as much. No, because I feel like there could definitely be some bias. Say if one guy does like if one coach doesn't like a role to Chapman, he could be like, no, nah, I don't want a role to Chapman. He could put in, you know, like somebody else that's not doing half as good as a role to Chapman this season, and then it's, then he actually deserved it. I mean, I I, I think like I think that they definitely should still do it off of votes, but only the the three high the six highest position players. So it goes the two highest catch uh, the building. two the two highest pitchers, the two highest infielders, and the two highest outfielders, each get put on a team, and then from there they get to pick their own rosters, and it doesn't matter AL or NL. Like it just becomes one big team so you're essentially just saying vote for captains and yeah then let the rest you vote for cap yeah you vote for the captains in outfield infield and pitcher and then the rest of it they just pick because it doesn't matter for anything anymore so have fun with it what would you say to them doing something like they do with the nfl i mean i know the pro bowl is disgusting and nobody should take a page out of that book um but it is kind of an interesting concept where we pick people not necessarily just players now that are playing now but we have these two greats draft a team well, wasn't this year and NF- didn't way. this year they went back to nfc versus afc or i'll be honest with you i don't think i've ever watched a pro bowl <laughs> neither have i i the past two years um, i'm not gonna lie i have watched the uh, skills competition wonder, the skills the, the, the skills competition do, has do been a great ad to that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch. I'll watch that. I'll watch that with any of the sports. But honestly, any of the sports, I don't think I will typically. Other than the NHL three on three tournament, that is pretty cool. But I'm, I've been I've been watching the, the games themselves. I don't really know if I watch too many. I've been watching the NBA All Star Game, and a lot of people complain about when the score is driven up in the NBA All Star Game. I preferably love that. Not I don't. this year. Not this year, but the past. This year they played some D. The the year before, not this season. The year before it, when the score was the highest it's ever been, I enjoyed that way too much, cause it's just yeah. you get to see. Cause this year it wasn't as exciting. Fun. It's supposed to be fun. Like I want to see guys dribble down the court the game, and do three sixty dunks. Like you don't want to. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, but I don't want to see the guys. Way, you know, and I think it's very important that people realize this: is that the game itself should be fun, but the process should be taken seriously. 
and why should the process and the voting and the all-star selection be taken so seriously in all sports is because that's something that's used when getting into the Hall of Fame debate. You know, Gary Sanchez, if Gary Sanchez hit below 220 for the rest of his career and he's one of those guys, strike out or home run, and we're considering him for the Hall of Fame and we look, well, you know, he made 12 all-star teams, but he only batted 212 through his career. Is that really a guy that's worthy of the Hall of Fame? Like, it's becoming a point where this is getting so ridiculous where we're just letting fan favorites into the All-Star game regardless of the season they're having. It's getting so ridiculous to the point that it, it almost doesn't even mean anything. Like, we look at the NFL when talking about, you know, when we've had our debates over who's the best quarterback of all the time, and we look at the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl does not mean anything. Because what is the criteria to make the Pro Bowl? You get, are liked by people? You're disliked if you don't, you don't make it? Like, is that is your likability something that should matter with you getting into the Hall of Fame? And I know, oh, the whole T.O. thing, but that's, that's not where I'm going with this. Is all-star selection in all sport becoming a pointless um, thing when considering Hall of Fame induction? I think it... I think it should be, especially because of the criteria nowadays to make it into like the All Star game. It's become sort of, you know, watered down to and say. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's really, you don't really don't need to have a killer season to make it, and just because it, it like Bryce Harper right now is only in contention because he's leading the National League in home runs. Like, if all you have to do is leave the league in home runs and hit below 200 and you still make the all-star game every single year just because you're Bryce Harper and you end up with like 12, 15 all-star appearances like that to me that doesn't mean anything and it's really taking away from what it means to be an all-star I now that you've been talking about Bryce Harper I sort of got something to say uh do you think he's been as great as what he was hyped up to be in when coming into the league because he came in eight what did he come in 19 years old took the league by storm yeah, had a yeah, had a great season him and I mike really trout don't. he followed up mike trout but mike trout's I, been I really, consistent he's I really he's the definition of consistency mike trout well mike I, trout before it's all said and done may be the best player of all time and i'm not talking crazy here look at the numbers that this guy is putting up and that's it you got to you have to think if this guy does this over the course of even close to a 20-year career he's going to be in that conversation simply because he's a five-tool player Mm, i'd say probably but then it comes into the conversation that we were talking about before when it comes to the nba does he have a ring Will he ever get a ring? No, I I say no. Yeah, you know. He he'll never get a ring if he stays in LA. No. I don't see LA ever winning a ring. They made a great move with uh Otani, but come on now. That's two guys, two good players. Well one great player, no, one one good player. Is that gonna get them a ring? No. They have never had the pitching. For as long as you know we I mean at one point they had at one point they had they had Jared Weaver. They had Johan. Uh, they're not Johan Santana. Uh, Eric, he was. He was Ed, okay. Edwin Weaver, Santana. They had uh, Edwin Santana and Jared Weaver. They had they had decent pitching, but I mean that was before Mike Trout. That was back when you know they would play the Yankees every year in the postseason. That was back when Kendrick Morales snapped his leg into like three pieces, celebrating a walk off. Yep. But you know. I just, you know, and that's an interesting thing, too, is so the amount of rings you win in building your resume for the whole of me. I just, you know, let us, guys, let us know what you think with this all-star voting. Um, leaving it up to the fans 100%, uh, does it take away from the value of being an all-star? Uh, um, and does, should all-star appearances be important when factoring in whether or not somebody should be welcomed into the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, All-Star? I feel like All-Star game selection, isn't it? I, I don't know if that really can count that much towards the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, especially nowadays, too. Like I said, All-Star is watered down when you really look at it. 
does it matter that much to be an all-star in the league? Like, people forget no, that. No, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, Houston Street was a two-time all-star, three-time all-star. Actually, how many times? He was an all-star, I think, a few times, more than once. But, like, look at that. A relief pitcher. Oh, yeah, somebody's going to go, yeah, that exactly relief pitcher was. Exactly my point. Exactly my point right there. 20 years down the road, are we going to even know who Houston Street was? No. Not unless you're going back with your kids or whatever and looking at your old baseball cards and stuff like that and you come across a Houston Street card. But you're not going to think, oh, you know, damn, I remember when Houston Street used to pitch. Yeah, I mean, like, really. It's not, it's not like he's going to be one of those guys later on in life that you're going to be like, Oh, and when he when I'm he took the right when he there. took the mound, it was lights out. It's not like it was Raldis Chapman, like you're talking about the guy used to throw. Oh, you telling your kids? Oh yeah, back when by that time people were probably throwing 110 miles an hour on the regular. But it, you'll go back and tell yeah, your kids, yeah, this kid used to throw 105 miles an hour, and then it's it's just different now. I, I guess. Essentially, essentially, though, that's what I'm saying. Let's like, say down the road, Gary Sanchez ends up being a complete flop, but he makes eight all-star games or seven or eight all-star games or something like that, and he's a career 240 hitter with, you know, occasionally hitting some home runs, you know. But that, that's not really that memorable. But because he made seven or eight all-star games, he's considered a Yankee great. Like, I'm sorry, I just, I don't think, and, yeah, you're right, it's completely watered down now, it means absolutely nothing to the Hall of Fame now, how many All-Star appearances you've made, but back in the day with Jeter and Cal Ripken and, and all these other players, yeah, because they embodied what it meant to be an All-Star, look and at that their stats all those years, that wasn't vote, year. that was that that wasn't voted by fans either, was it? Cause I remember growing up, going to the I'm stadium. I'm not hundred percent Going to sure. the stadium, they used to have these little like paper ballots that you had, you could fill out for All Star voting. But I didn't think that mattered that much. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was still fan voting. It was like fan voting, but it was definitely a lot more by like writers and stuff. But the league, with the league, was also extremely different then than it is now. Like I, now, we have everyone just trying to hit the ball out of the park. Batting averages are at an all time low. Well, then, if we're talking about. Uh, all star voting. What would you feel? That's like saying like, what would you feel if like the NBA and the MLB instead of having writers vote for the end of the year awards, how would you feel if they ask like ask the fans to vote? Like that that would be terrible. Nope. Because then no. Like, LeBron nope. James would win every single NBA I would MVP. I not see that. A- MLB. You LeBron have- James will win every year. Aaron Judge will break the strikeout record uh, of all time and hit 220 with 75 home runs. And when you know, and the New York media and I love Aaron Judge. He's like my he's my guy right now. But you get what I'm saying with that. We're gonna let that happen, and and then we're gonna let the New York and LA media pretty much dictate that and determine that. I'm telling you, when I'm complaining about the way the All Star voting is right now, I'm coming after my fellow New York fans. Nowhere else in the world would, if you put Gary Sanchez on any other MLB team, maybe besides the Mets, um, he would not even be close to getting that starting nod on the All Star season. No, yeah, he. It's just because it's that it's, New York media and that the whole fan. The fans are in a frenzy right attitude. now. We're we're Yankee fans, like I said before, but like we're we've we're baseball fans put it that way we we know what the sport is about like we're not those people losing our heads right now because the yankees are one of the best teams in baseball we know the game enough that at this point like we could still enjoy the game and be fans of the game without losing our heads that oh yeah the yankees are the best team in baseball like it's more than that that's exactly that's exactly my point though you think i you don't you don't think i want gary sanchez to be an all-star you don't think I want Gary Sanchez to hit 300 and, and, and all these home runs? And you don't think I want all my players to be an all-star this year? But, you know, it just it doesn't happen that way. They need to earn it because it takes away from the guys that aren't actually doing it. Yeah, like somebody like Glaber Torres definitely should make the all-star team. Absolutely. Anduar deserves it. Will these guys get it? Probably not. Anduar's not getting, they're certainly not getting the recognition 
terms of Glaber, yeah, and or... He's, I don't he's, believe he's, he's flying extremely under the radar. Even in the New York media, too. Nobody's really giving that guy the love that he deserves. Exactly. Everybody fell head over heels for Torres. Uh, Tor- New York uh, wants the next and hottest thing. Glaber Torres. You saw what Aaron Judge and Glaber and the baby bombers. And that, on to the next one. I and have, Duar, yeah, he won Rookie of the Month this past month. But, you I know, have he's still say. not getting the recognition. Are the Yankees with all these great rookie seasons? So you had 2015, you had Bird. 2016, you had Sanchez. 2017, you had Judge. 2018, you got Torres. So far, the only person to follow up that great rookie season with another good year, very solid year, great year, is Aaron Judge right now. Gary Sanchez looked. Absolutely. 2016, Gary Sanchez, tremendous season, tremendous. 2017, Gary Sanchez had a good year. Not great. Good, good. year. Yeah, it was okay. Good, good year. Though. But if he did that for the rest of his career, like, okay, that would be good. I, yeah. That's all no, yeah, it, It's not like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's definitely going to go down as a respected player for that. So far, 2017. No, se- exactly. If he can be... Yeah. 2017 Aaron Judge best rookie season of all time probably I don't think anybody could ever come close to that besides the fact that he struck out all those times at least not in pinstripes at least not in pinstripes what are you talking about uh, uh, to, as far as to go out and say he had the best rookie season of all time, I think we, that would be something that we would have to look into in today. But I think pretty, you know, unopposed, he's had the best rookie. He had the best rookie season, season of all time. I would. I don't even need to look at stats to tell you that. I, I can't. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm one of those like those fans in a frenzy. He had the best rookie season of all time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. But, uh, what? How many home runs did he have? 50, 51, 52 last 52. year? So yeah, 52, 52 home runs. Home runs he ended up batting around 270, 280. Over 100 yep. RBIs. He killed the ball last year. Killed it. So far this season. Judge is, Judge he, is the man. He's, he's just a few home runs short of being on pace for what he hit last season. If he doesn't fall into a slump in the month of July and August like what he did last season, he'll end up probably doing better than that. His batting average is way up this year. He's still walking all the time. He's drawing three two counts, taking the pitches deep. It's what he's doing is the only one so far out of Bird, out of Sanchez and Torres right now. This is only his rookie season still. But he's the one out of those three that's been able to continue that excellence. And I mean, what I sort of want to reference this to, I mean, it's not like the Yankees were rebuilding, but I want to reference this to basketball because the Philadelphia 76ers, they sort of had something like this. They go bring in all these draft picks, Michael Carter-Williams. They bring in Embiid. They bring in Okafor, Nerlens Noel. All those guys had really good rookie years, almost all of them. Okafor had a tremendous year. Michael Carter Williams was looking like he was the truth. Like, all those guys. After that rookie season, only one to ever follow up that rookie season was Joel Embiid. And he didn't even play a full rookie season. He played a quarter of it. That's what I'm sort of referring it to. But rookie season, those guys might look great. But I don't know if you could always go off that rookie season and say that guy's going to be a staple in this league for here to come. So that's why I'm afraid with all these young players on the Yankees that they're all not going to pan out. Look at Bird. That rookie season, that half a year that he came up, as great as ju- everybody yeah. was flipping out. Now look at him now. Look at him now. He can't even touch a baseball. I'm, I actually don't want him starting on my team anymore. Like I don't want him playing first base for the New York Yankees. I would yeah, rather have no, Tyler. I would rather have Tyler Austin. And I'm, this is no slight to Bird. I still like him as a player. But... I want Tyler Bird playing. I think he gives the Yankees the best opportunity to win, especially because the fire that he plays with is unmatched. Next. No, absolutely. And a team like this, they need that. And I, you know, 
look at that look at that fight at Boston. The Yankees were sort of on a slope when that when he got into that fight, and they were on a downward spiral. He got into that fight. He turned it around. He turned that season around. I think that's part of the reason why they went on that huge winning streak, and then from there, you know, it sort of just spread like wildfire. The Yankees. They've been hitting the ball nonstop. They've been all over the place. Best team in baseball. Or second base, top three team in baseball, if you want to say. Jason Shreve's in trouble again. Clinging to a one-run lead. Top of the eighth, he's got first and second with one out. Nick Markakis brings the Braves within one. Who would think that the National League starting outfielders is going to be, two of the three are going to be Matt Kemp. And Nick Markakis in 2018. Exactly. Five years. They were that, yeah. <laughs> Five years ago, you would have been like, oh, of course I could see that. But that, I but mean. They are deserving of it, certainly. Both of them. Nick Markakis. Especially Kemp. But Nick Markakis is having a very solid year. Nick Markakis is, ha- is having a great year, and Matt Kemp is. Just- in my opinion, he's my vote for NL MVP. I, what he's doing, what he's doing, and what he's done with himself is tremendous. I don't think I can name another player in any sport that's revamped themselves like he has. I'm honestly trying to think of another player, but I I can't. And, and I mean, maybe NFL I could think of one, but besides, I honestly can't. What he's done is outstanding. He lost all that weight. He changed. He didn't change his swing like at all. He never yeah, changed his swing too. He's a class act. I'll I'll post videos on the on Twitter when I'm around when I post this, but his swing did not change. The exact same swing from when he was fat to when he was skinny. So the swing was always there. I guess the athleticism or something. I something changed in him and it really put him over the top this season. So Fourth of July is tomorrow. So. Let's go into some picks right now. Who do you got winning? All right, let's do it, baby. Lock of the week. Let's get it. Who you got winning the hot dog eating contest? In this year's Nathan's hot dog eating contest, I will be selecting Matt Stoney at my pick. I think the comeback kid is going to do it again. Neck and neck with Joey Chestnut. Stole it a couple of years ago. Chestnut setting records last year. Year. I think Stoney's gonna come out this year and snag it. I don't think he's gonna have quite as many as as Chestnut did last year with those seventy-two. I think Stoney we're probably gonna see him. He had sixty-two when he beat Chestnut back in twenty fifteen. I think my lock of the week. I'm taking Matt Stoney around fifty-seven, fifty-eight hot dogs tomorrow. No, the, my lock. You gotta go with the boy Joey Chestnut. I mean, it's ridiculous. Seventy-two hot dogs. I mean, you can't you can't top that. I can't eat seventy two hot dogs. Can't in a, keep up this for I can't I can't eat seventy two hot dogs if you give me forty eight hours. That that's a lot of hot dogs. That's a lot of meat right there. But <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he, that guy, man. He just, Joey Chestnut, my lock of the week. He's gonna break his own record. He's going seventy four. I heard him talking on Hot ninety seven with uh, Ebro in the morning. And he said that he he thinks he could beat his own record. Uh, he certainly can. I mean, I've just I've followed Matt Stoney for quite a bit of time. Uh, some of the things that he does is, is pretty remarkable. Uh, everybody go check him out. Definitely, uh, he's got some pretty cool stuff on that YouTube. But um, oh no, yeah, his videos are sick. Chestnut's a beast. You see that one when he ate. Did you see the one we ate all the Lucky Charms? Oh, no, not Lucky Charms. What was that? Yeah, it was Lucky Charms. He had, like, four boxes of Lucky Charms. I, like, binge Master. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm not even just saying this. And he didn't give me any money to say any of this, obviously. But, I mean, obviously, if you want to, we're more more than glad to. But we are genuine fans. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. uh, Some of the stuff I've seen that guy do. Yo. It's pretty cool stuff, but you know what? I can I can absolutely see Chestnut breaking the record. I can see Chestnut getting as high as eighty tomorrow. 
Imagine? But, nah, that that would be sick. Eighty hot dogs? That up there. I don't uh, think I'm that not hot. I'm saying that. I mean, he every hot, year. What is it? Ten, what is it? Ten minutes? Ten minutes. So what is that? Like eight hot, eight hot dogs a minute? Eight hot dogs a minute, which for those guys really doesn't seem like a whole lot. But like, so he's taking down four hot dogs every thirty seconds. Then that's that's a lot. That's that's a lot. <laughs> So like how would uh, how would you even go? Yeah. That's that's stupid. Honestly, like I want to know what the rest of their day is like. Like, do they eat dinner? Do they? They like, vomit. Do they just I'm, go home and go to sleep. And I'm pretty die? sure they vomit. Like, I'm pretty sure they vomit. Uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much a given. I've seen it in person. They've. I was literally right underneath the guy that vomited. It's pretty cool. Not gonna lie. At the same time, it's sort of disgusting because like. You saw him vomit like right in front of your what face. What does that? What does that say about us as a society that we gather around our TV on our? No, like I saw that. I saw that in person. I saw that in person. I was in Coney Island that day. That was sick. I was right underneath the stage. I'm sort of not ashamed of doing it either. That's a great way to celebrate my fourth. Absolutely. I mean, but, I got. Yeah, my, they, my luck of the taking Matt Stoney. Okay, I'm going. I gotta go. I gotta go with Joey Chestnut. Once again, bringing the belt home, baby. I gotta go with Joey Chestnut and see if, uh, let's we see who could win our first. Tweeting. We'll see who win our first lock of the week. Yes, we will be live tweeting, twi- live tweeting that tomorrow. Well, it would be Absolutely. yesterday. It would be yesterday. Yeah, whenever this gets up, guys, I'll be honest with you. We'll definitely but, be live tweeting it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's our turn, dude. Okay, so everybody, enjoy. Be safe tomorrow. And yeah, uh, y'all have a happy holidays. Don't do anything stupid. And, um, if you do, please yeah. record it and send it to us. But not, like, yeah. stupid to, like, harm yourself. Like, stupid in, like, a funny way. If, if so, please send it to us. You know where and, we're at. Uh, yeah, make sure to check out our page. Uh, hit us up if you have any feedback or recommendations. Guys, I know a lot of these pages and everything, they go out and they, they say, oh, you know, leave recommendations, but we genuinely make an effort to connect with the community, and we will always prioritize recommendations over whatever we have in store because we want to keep the ball rolling. We want you guys to feel obligated to join the conversation and get involved with what we have going on here so um as always we really 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 appreciate if you've taken the time to listen this far or even if you've just skipped around and uh even honestly if you even just click on our our little podcast we got here uh we really really appreciate it we work very hard to put these together um not sure if it looks like that um and (laughs) We're, we're, we're doing the best we can. We're, I feel like we're getting a little better with it. Uh, obviously, everything's starting to come to our own. But Aging as like always, fine wine. Yeah, as, as always, feedback is always appreciated. So you guys have a, a lovely holiday. And we can't wait to get you guys some more content the rest of this week. Uh, we'll probably get, try to get another one of these out uh, sometime this week. Whether one of us goes solo or we get another collab out um, this week, we're going to do the best we can. All right, see you.